0: When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this.
1: This place doesn't look like the pictures. Ah, is there a door behind all those spiders?
0: It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation. Ah,
1: this is perfect.
0: Relax, you booked a Verbo.
1: Warning: This podcast contains spoilers for Season Three, Episode Two of The Mandalorian. My name is Jason Concepcion. And I'm Rosie Knight. And welcome to X-Ray Vision, the Crooked Media Podcast, where we dive deep, deep. Deep, deep, deep. Into the mines below the beautiful planet surface of Mandalore. Into your favorite shows, movies, comics, and pop culture.
0: In this episode, in case Jason's beautifully read introduction did not tease this to you, we will be stepping out of the airlock and into Season 3, Episode 2 of The Mandalorian, Lots of baby action here, people. So if you're on Baby Watch. Oh, the baby. There's so many babies. In fact, there's actually a new baby edition we get in this where the baby is doing a new trick again and again and again. It's delightful. And in Nerd Out, from listener Swati and Emily, they've got a theory after watching the premiere of The Mandalorian that they're going to share with us.
1: And of course, if you want to jump around, check out the show notes for the timestamps coming up next year live. Stepping out of the airlock and into the Minds of Mandalore for season three, episode two, chapter 18 of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. This episode titled The Minds of Mandalore was written by Jon Favreau and directed by Rachel Morrison. Uh, we open with uh, our good friend Pelly Peli, Peli Motto on Moss Eisley. She's doing her thing. She's uh, fixing cars. She's uh, arguing about prices. It's (laughs) Boonta Eve, which means a day of celebration, of fireworks, of racing. Tell us about Boonta Eve.
0: Yeah, Boonta Eve. You may be familiar with it because this is the celebration that the Hutts put on that includes a very famous pod race. That would be the pod race that we saw in episode one, Star Wars episode one, and that has been referred to many, many times in Legends. So this is kind of another... Prequels era legend expansion that we're seeing brought into the contemporary canon. Love to see Boontive. I love thought this meant we were going to get a pod race. We didn't. We kind, kind of love to did. hear the name. We got. You kind we got of see some
1: street racing, like uh, yeah, like a little a drag distance. race, yeah,
0: and also some great fireworks. And you know what? The baby is happy to see Pelly, and I want to say that you're about to see that number one new baby trick. Oh yeah,
1: baby. <laughs> So Mando returns, uh, and of course, Pelly's always got time for her friend Mando. Uh, the cockpit opens. Grogu, our beautiful baby Grogu, does a full flip, front flip, that probably spans 10 to 15 feet of distance. At least out of the cockpit of the N1, into Pelly's arms, foreshadowing what, as Rosie noted, is a very flip-heavy episode for our our beautiful big 50-year-old baby.
0: We gotta, I'm like, there needs to be like a flip counter, like, ding, flip one, ding. ding. I was watching it, I was seeing a little flip, flip, flip. I know, this must, to me, this says, whoever puppets the baby was like, I've worked out how to do some wire work for the baby. I'm also, putting it in this episode, like have the baby's to say, flipping. Uh,
1: uh, little baby Grogu's endurance, force endurance, Whew. is clearly that training has paid off because mm-hmm. no longer does little baby Grogu just black out after doing no. some force stuff. Does He's not, not taking just, a like, nap. go into uh, a full on like catatonic sleep. So Mando lands and he's like, hey, Peli, uh, you haven't seen a memory trip for an IG series droid, have you? And Pelly's like, ha <laughs> grandpa, that's an antique. They don't make those anymore. Mando then says, OK, listen, I need some help because I'm about to explore Mandalore, which if you haven't heard, is completely destroyed, also potentially poisoned and maybe cursed. Not sure. And on top of that, I'm going to be like spelunking down below the surface. Like, <laughs> spelunking? I'm like, yes, yeah, spelunking is what she says. Uh, She says, I got just the right thing. It's an uh, R5-D4 astromech. Now, uh, the history of this droid is quite unique.
0: Yeah, so if you've seen the original Star Wars films... Ever heard of it? Ever (laughs) heard of it? Ever heard of Star Wars A New Hope? 1977 (laughs) Star Wars A New Hope? Wow. Ever heard of it? Uh, What inspired The Mandalorian? That's what, you know, when it says Star Wars beforehand, that is what it's referring to. So in that movie, uh, Uncle Owen, God bless him. You yeah. know, he was, he was trying his best. And Luke, they they almost buy a, a different, what they call in the movie, they say, oh, this R2 unit. But really, it's obviously an R5 unit. We all know that now. God, George Lucas, like catch up. So they almost buy this R5 unit, but it like blows up. Yeah, Its head blows up and it doesn't look like it's doing well. And uh, obviously what ends up happening is they buy the R2 unit. The R2 unit has a secret message uh, for Obi-Wan Kenobi from Princess Leia. Help, you're our only hope. Great. And uh, R5-D4... Goes into Star Wars history and the Jawa trashy. Until now, until now, (laughs) it's back, baby. But it's in rough
1: shape, as one would expect. It's been through some shit, probably, uh, you know, a galactic civil war. Not to mention rough treatment at the hands of the Jawas, and probably not a lot of maintenance. Uh, it also seems to be suffering from a, from a pretty healthy case of PTSD. It just wants to live a peaceful mm-hmm. life at this point, is what I'm saying. It just wants to be chilling, and Kelly is not helping him. No, it, and it definitely does not want to go into the dangerous and Potentially cursed minds of a planet that has been <laughs> genocided by the Empire.
0: It said, "I do not want to go to that glassed planet. No spelunking Absolutely. for me." but guess what? It just wants to be chilling. Guess what? It's going.
1: It, you're a droid, so you have to go.
0: As it as the let's R5 get, will be let's told. Let's talk about the moral quandaries of <laughs> droids another day. <laughs> yeah, we'll like,
1: yeah. Let's put that. Let's table that for now. You've it's been very sold. troubling. You've well, been we'll sold. That. Put a pin in that. And Pally's like, "Hey, at, at, let me sweeten the deal. Maybe you don't want this hunk of junk uh, because you're like, what am I going to do with it? Blah blah blah." Hey, I'll make it even better for you. I will reinstall your droid port, you know, the place where Grogu has, up until now, been kind of riding in the N1. Grogu can sit in your lap, and the R5 can help co-pilot. That's what they were made to do anyway. And, because it's Boonta Eve, and it's you, and it's the baby, and I love you guys, half off. Mando's like, fine. And Grogu is clearly delighted.
0: Go, Grogu is loving life. Even though he just lost his little seat, he loves his new friend. Very invested. Also, this is really great because <laughs> this is like, it's playing on the stuff that we love the most in The Mandalorian, which is like, Pelly passes off this astromech. She doesn't really want it around. It clearly doesn't really work when it starts. Like yeah, As soon as they start lifting it, off, it's like, yeah. Woo, woo, yeah. And, and she's like, bye, can't hear you. But Mando, the moment that droid gets in the N1, that's Mando's new baby. And it's part of the tribe he ain't at that gonna, point. It's part of the family. That's like He's right. not letting them go.
1: Official Mandalorian. It can't take off its helmet because <laughs> there's nothing under there. Doesn't have a choice. <laughs> uh, so they arrive uh, in orbit above Mandalore. And even from that high vantage point, you can see that the damage done by the Empire's fusion bombs uh, <sighs> was uh, extensive. Uh, and Din says it was once green and beautiful back when the songs were written. It's Mandalore, the home world of our people. And he notes to Grogu, uh, who's kind of cooing in a a way that only Mando can understand. He's like, well, you know, I've never been there either, he says. And then he points out the different uh, celestial bodies in the Mandalore system. There's the moon of Concordia, former seat of power of Pre-Visla during the Clone Mm -hmm. Wars, uh, the place where the kind of more militant uh, wing – of the Mandalorian people during the Clan Wars had kind of uh, shuttled off to, and also the place where uh, Din grew up as a kid. And there's Kalevala, where Bo Katan is just sitting in her castle, moping by herself with a <laughs> fucking droid, just sitting in her in her throne, looking sad. They then land yeah. on this on the green glassed surface of Mandalore, and uh, we learn that because of the uh, the fusion bombs. And the damage onto the atmosphere, you actually can't uh, communicate. If you're on the surface of the planet, you're you're basically isolated. You cannot uh, send messages out. Mando is then like, okay, we're here. You know what that means, R5. Go get out. Go into that little cave (laughs) cut out in the rock. Go down into it, okay, and take an air sample so we know – how dangerous or not dangerous it is, and then come back. And the droid is like, ah, uh, I, don't I don't know. I don't really want to. Seems and Mando says uh, verbatim, it wasn't a <laughs> it wasn't a request. So they land on the surface. It's all glass, crystallized glass. It looks like a like a Heineken bottle. <laughs> and we learn that because of the effects the fusion bombs had on the atmosphere. No communication signals can uh, penetrate uh, the atmosphere. Therefore, if you are on the surface of Mandalore, you are essentially isolated. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's the news. Mando then says to the R5, hey, you know what time it is. Uh, I know you don't want to do this, but I don't particularly care. So get out, roll (laughs) over to that little cave, that ominous looking cave behind the rock, go down inside of it, take an air sample and come back. And the R5 is like, ah. And then Mando seems like, dangerous. it was not a request. You will go. And so, uh, and Grogu, to Grogu's immense credit, the baby, mm-hmm. again, so empathic, so emotional, so caring, is like, gives Din a look that's like, I'm kind of worried about the R five. Yeah, like,
0: like this seems like a bad idea. Those
1: beautiful dewy little eyes, like a, like a fawn <laughs> or like a puppy, you know, just looking it's at is, Din. It is so emotive. Yeah. Like... yeah, and they're just kind of sagging up and down. Mm-hmm. And and Din is like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. Here, if you're worried about him, look at this. We can watch them on the scope on the dashboard of the N one. Look, there is the little light that uh, that boop, uh, boop, uh, symbolizes boop. the R five, and watch it's rolling. Oh, and then the signal cuts out. They're like, uh oh. And they can't. They have no idea where the R5 is now. So now Mando's like, fuck, I guess I have to go in, pressurize my helmet. Grogu, you stay in the car. Don't it's, touch nothing. Stay in the car. Don't touch anything. It's poisonous out here. You stay in the car. And Grogu's like, well, uh, clearly uh, very concerned and also kind of like, dad, I fucking told you. Did I not tell you? Did I not say to you that this was a bad idea? So uh, Mando goes down uh, and once under the surface, he comes to like this little ledge where he can look over and see the wreckage of the city. Now, a little context here. So Mandalore for years and years and years before the empire decided to wipe the place out had been racked by various civil wars, clan Mm -hmm. wars. And because of the devastation done to the ecology of the planet, everybody lived in these like domes or underground. Right. So all the cities were like packed together and then everything outside of there was basically wasteland. So what so what Din is seeing now is like inside of that dome, the, the, the subterranean cities that were where people lived on the surface of Mandalore. Um, and just as he is beginning to take in the scene, he's attacked by uh, these kind of simple but very violent creatures called Alamites. Uh, they lived in Mandalore's wastelands before the purge, but now seeing as how everybody's dead, they decided to move into the cities and make a place their home. Uh, very Minds of Moria feel. Yeah, yeah, did yeah. You, did you get that? Oh,
0: completely. And they did a great job with the the uh, Alamites. They look like they might have used at least practical creature work yeah, for a little bit. So really it really good. feels like you're in. Yeah, it's like that Minds of Moria, but it also feels like you're watching something that's that more serialized 80s kind of yeah. like B-movie vibe. Also, have to say once again, Din, I love you. but <laughs> This man He's loves hard- to kill a creature. He's a, he a hard-ass. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, bro. These people live here now. That's the Alamites, their, it's kind of their world. They just live in their house, and you just come in there. And you just start killing people. It's kind Like of one their world. time, my friend, one time, just take a step. But you know what? I understand. He needs to survive, and we get a great fight scene here.
1: We get a really, really fun fight scene. Uh, Mando is forced to take out the dark darksaber because he's uh, his blaster is is thrown away. Uh, we see that he has gotten better with it, um, but, but also. Not- not Great. quite good, and it's also still very, very heavy in his hands. Like it's not is, easy. Yeah, he struggles to lift it. It it looks like, you know, it, it might weigh something like you know fifty pounds or something. Mm-hmm. Like he it, he has a lot of trouble uh, swinging around, but he does uh, use it pretty well. He takes out the aluminates. He finds the R five. Uh, now I have a theory here. The R five is <laughs> at least you know Mando's like oh my god the R five the R five is like pretty beat up.
0: Yeah, but they was actually, beat up before.
1: I was beat up before and it's like when when Mando finds the R5, it's like limp kind of like laying on its back. It's like little – the little like sleds that it's mm-hmm. – or its feet are just kind of like pointed out, you know, and just like sag down. But then I think he's faking because by the time yeah. they get back to the service, the R5 is just like rolling right – can't wait to get right to the end one. I think the R5 was like, oh, Yeah. You got to take me out, Coach. I'm banged up. I got uh, do it. I can't, it, can't do it
0: anymore. <laughs> the kid, the kid on like the 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 marathon, he realizes yeah, he can't I run, can. and he's like, "Oh no, my leg! I, I can't right, do I it! Can't. I can't do it! Please, you know." Yeah, no. I love that read because it gives the R five has such a good personality here. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't, doesn't want to risk his life, and he do just it. fell through a giant hole because Come you on. sent him somewhere he didn't need to go. I know. Like, just let him be. And I like this idea that he's kind of like. Oh, no, I'm so faint. But then the moment they get onto the top, he's like like zooming along.
1: Practically running to the end. Yeah. X-ray vision will be back. We're excited to announce the return of Stuck with Damon Young, an original podcast from Crooked and Spotify. On this show, award-winning author Damon Young has returned for more off-the-cuff conversations inspired by today's most culturally relevant headlines and roundups of Damon Approved, Listener submitted questions. The first three episodes are live now. You're going to love this show. Listen to Stuck with Damon Young for free only on Spotify. And we're back. So they get to the end one, and uh, Mando's like, Okay, but I know you got attacked by uh, several almites, but you did your job, right? And did, took the air sample. And R5's like, Yeah, I did the air sample. And guess what? just like Bo-Katan said, the atmosphere dun, dun, is dun. fine. Mandalore is, other than the fact that it is completely destroyed and devoid of probably 95% of its life now, uh, is not cursed. Mando uh, then takes Grogu out of the N1, and they together uh, go to explore this subterranean world, go on a little adventure, Grogu, in it's little floaty pod. It is very dark. Some might say too dark.
0: Yes, depending on how your TV settings are, you may say too <laughs> some, dark. Absolutely,
1: some, some potentially might say that, um, and you can just kind of see different, strange and dangerous-looking creatures kind of wriggling around in the shadows. Uh, Din then says, "Okay, well, we have to go uh, to the living waters. The living waters are below the mines. Therefore, here's how I'm going to find. I know exactly how we're going to find the living waters. There's some water dripping down this wall. We just follow." The water down. <laughs> it's like, okay, did, this is not. Okay,
0: cool. Not, I can <laughs> tell you've never been here before. This not is not a great plan. Yeah, this
1: is like millions of people lived here. Also, this is not
0: the most specific plan. I'm also thinking like, like <laughs> bro, I know that the Mech, you're giving him a rest. And I appreciate that as someone who loves a droid. But also, I feel like, could he not have done some kind of scan? We know those something. droids have always got some kind of secret situation occurring. Like they can always say, oh, maybe there's like a hole here. It seems like a bad plan. I will say though, I love this sequence because... We get these great character moments with, yeah. with Din and the baby, where like Din will walk a little bit further ahead, and then Grogu will like see a a creepy subterranean yeah. like alligator, and he'll yeah. speed up in the little pod.
1: It is and, a wonderful Grogu reaction episode. Yeah,
0: lots of lots of Groguing going I'll on here. See, one more
1: thing on the could you not have pinpointed where exactly you're going when you went to visit Bo on mm-hmm. Kelvala, You. Uh, you could have said, hey, listen, I know that you think what I'm doing is stupid and childish, but, like, do you have a map of, of where the if mines are?
0: Like, can you just tell me where they are? Like, If you don't care where they are, then you yeah, don't care fine. to share it with me, right? Also, as well, like, I do feel like a minor and I'm not really a plot hole guy because I enjoy yeah. to just go with the flow. But I do feel like he specifically does a speech, really great speech that pays off later on in the episode, where he tells— Grogu, why Mandalorians learn where everything is, why they care about maps. Because if you know the way, you will never be lost. Like, if you know where you are. My friend, the magical mines of Mandalore (laughs) are like a very famous location in Mandalore history. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't there be some kind of definition of where they are in one of your many stories? I'm sorry. I know it was destroyed, bro. I know you've never been there. But I do feel like could have had a little bit more preparation. He wants a bath so much. I think he's
1: just very excited. You know he what is. I mean? Like he's just like tremendously excited. He wants to be
0: back in the cult, baby. He he's ready. He <laughs> can't wait. And his big, again,
1: his big like breakthrough was like I don't know. Water drips down because of gravity. So if we just <laughs> fall it down, we're look, he's got a jetpack because you got to go far oh. down. Anyway, they enter this larger tunnel. Uh, Din <gasps> sees sticking out of the dirt there. You know, a, a Mandalorian helmet. He picks it up and he he uh, examines it, and just then. We realize that this is an ambush. It, uh, s- these like metal jaws spring shut, mm-hmm. trapping Mando in a cage. And then we see that the cage is actually the belly of this beetle like craft that then flips over and walks away on its legs. Terrifying. Height. Very scary, wonderful design. I thought this was, I love the design of this. Love, love, yeah, love, love It's love, so love good.
0: It. And it leads into something that I feel like we don't really get to see very much, which is kind of this like, It's Guillermo del Toro-y, like, body horror, Paul Verhoeven. Even a bit Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, the bug that will snatch you up. It's really cool and such a good design. Very unexpected. Quite unexpected. It feels like a really big juxtaposition to the kind of natural wonder of what Mandalore has become, because there's no civilization as you expect it. But then to see this incredibly high-tech and quite terrifying invention that leads to an even more terrifying kind of space is really cool. Unexpected little twist.
1: Uh, Grogu quietly follows floating behind just out of just out of sight of this uh, vehicle piloted by a very strange alien creature. Um, The alien then steps out of this beetle craft and we see that the alien, it's unclear at this point, like what actually is the alien's body, but we understand Mm -hmm. that it's piloting what is it? There's at least run- an eyeball. Yeah, just an eyeball, but we don't know how much more of them it mm-hmm. is, how much more of its biological body is there. And we see that it is piloting its body, so to speak, air quotes, is like a general Grievous like. Yeah, it definitely kind of feels body. like
0: Grievous is the closest thing we've seen. This Absolutely. kind of super mech. Su- but this is this kind of nightmarish. Freddy Krueger almost like version where he's got these mechs that he can move between any... What's he going to do with Mando? I don't know. Barbecue him? It looks like he's getting ready to do something terrifying. uh,
1: It takes Din's weapons, uh, throws them aside, and then goes, I guess, to prepare the spices or something. (laughs) The the delicious marinade. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, and at that point, Grogu sneaks over and tries to uh, force open the cage, but that uh, triggers an alarm. The alien comes over. Uh, and this whole thing's falling apart. So Amanda's like, hey, get out of here, kid. Go contact Bo. So Grogu, then, <laughs> who had left his little pod to try and force the, yeah, the lock. Yeah,
0: and was doing some delightful puppet walking. Oh, One of the best things a puppet, puppet can do. Wonderful. Anytime you love see to the see baby a puppet walk. walk you're just I like, thank it. God. But guess what? He learned a new skill, and he's going to use it.
1: Here comes another flip. A beautiful... <laughs> like 10.0 from the Russian (laughs) judge
0: flip into
1: the floating pod, and then it's a floating pod uh, car chase uh, as uh, Grogu is just barely evading not just the alien, but also like these sewer crocodiles Mm -hmm. that are down there, and they end up pursuing him all the way back to the surface to the end one. Grogu uh, with, let's give him some props, R5's help. Surely. Yes, I would say this. uh, Surely. He is
0: an astromech. Let's not forget this is a big moment for Grogu, who's also just force choked out an Alami, yeah. and he's back in the ship. This is a huge moment for him, and it shows his connection to the force, it shows his connection to Mandalore, because he can navigate. But let's not write out the addition really, of R5, because R- I feel like Bo does. Bo's yes. like, she's so ill. He was so great. I'm like, R5 is an astromech. This is what he does. R5
1: really helped. Now, Bo is... Once again, just like down in the dumps, just like feeling sad, a, feeling sorry for herself. She's, like she's gonna like
0: she's going to kill the Mandalorian. She's like, I, let's get rid of him once and for all. I'm as, sick of this shit. I know, as
1: soon as her uh, <laughs> droid comes up and is like, hey, uh, unexpected visitor, Mando's back. She is like, fuck this guy. I'm going to give him peace of my mind. And she runs out to the landing pad. Already screaming at the Mandalor, at blah, blah, the Mandalorian, he's like mad at him, making sure he's never going to come back. And then the cockpit opens, and guess what? You've been yelling at a baby. How do you feel <laughs> now?
0: <laughs> How and about? She- have you heard of him? The baby, yeah, the
1: baby. And she immediately realizes, oh my god, something's wrong. So uh, she flies off with Grogu in her own ship. Uh, they land back on Mandalore. Bo takes off her helmet because listen she's kind of on the outs with the whole Mandalorian stuff with the creed, with every, she's, she's feeling very disconnected from her culture mm-hmm. and her identity. And she's also, as we see over the rest of this episode, feeling like, you know what? A lot of our beliefs are just for show. It's a sham. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it's, it's a trick that, that is being used to, to pull the wool over people's eyes so that my family could remain in control. It's all mm-hmm. bullshit. It's all stage managed bullshit. Uh, So she takes over a helmet uh, and she says of the planet, this was once a beautiful civilization. My family ruled it all. Now it's a tomb. And then she tells Grogu about uh, the days long past when Mandalorians and Jedi actually cooperated. Now, they also fought for a good portion of history. But there was a time when they fought side by side. Uh, We watched it in Rebels. um, And then she says to Grogu, I don't know what they tell you about us. But there was a time when we got along quite well. Uh, and then she says, so, you know, how are you with the force? Are you strong with it? And she says, you must be strong because you escaped from here and you got back to me. So you clearly must know what you're doing. And they head down to the lower levels. And then because she, Bo is a native of these parts and she mm-hmm. understands the signs and sees things, she sees something about this tunnel that they're standing in front of is off to her. And she immediately sniffs out an Alamite ambush. And there's a big fight. and Bo, Pretty easily dispatches yeah. a, a number of Alameites. The baby yeah, is this, super impressed.
0: The baby's like, "Wow, you're so cool!" And she's like, "Oh, did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian?" Guess what? She's others. like, "Guess what? There's others, and I'm one of them." Also, I really like the moment where she takes off her helmet because we know that Bo was the first person who told Din that it wasn't cursed. Yeah, but she was so pissed that everybody left her. She's just been <laughs> sitting in her little temple, be like, <laughs> "Mandalore's actually cursed." It deserves to be cursed. But when she comes out, she she knew it wasn't cussed. She oh, knew wow. it wasn't poisoned. I she know, pulls she that helmet off. She's chilling. Like, I, I kind of love that there's some really great moments here. And it's nice. I really like angry Bo, who is really quite justifiably angry. Yeah, cynical, not, angry, like,
1: like betrayed yeah. Bo.
0: But it's kind of nice to see what the baby brings out in everyone, which is I, this more kind of amicable, like, she wants to tell the baby, like, you know, we used to get along. Like, Jedi and Mandalore, it can happen. Everybody wants to give that baby a hug. They're I'll tell all... you what. You Oof.
1: spend even five minutes with that baby. You are telling it everything. You are telling Seriously. Grogu all of your feelings, all your emotions. You're telling him about your like, the history of your family, your history of your people. Every secret everything.
0: And the truth is, yeah, this is, like, one of the most foreshadowed prescient lines of all Star Wars, yeah, was when Werner Herzog said, I want to see the baby.
1: I want to see the In baby.
0: The, like, I'm sorry. That is just everyone that is just everyone's feelings about this show summed up at all times. And they know it. This season has been really great. I loved that baby car chase where you don't even have any oh, wonderful. dialogue. Yeah. It's just him and he's scooting his way through and he's controlling it and it's he's a going great through action episode. it's it's really fun and I, and it's that great mix of the action I feel like they do, even in this very dim, quite CG-heavy episode, like in the minds, they do give you these moments of practical texture and feeling, like when yeah. R5 gets out of the ship and you really see his f- foot hit the floor. It feels like you're in a real place. And the baby brings so much of that with the incredible puppetry, like those little moments of reaction and this kind of connection between them and both. Because remember, look, The baby's a badass. When it came down to it, the baby was force choking people. Like, it did not care. So, I think that I love this moment of kind of like cool respect and kind of bonding between it, like the baby and Bo. Because when Bo beats a bunch of Alamites up, the baby's like, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. And so,
1: uh, Bo beats up the Alamites, and she's like, uh, she gives the history of the Alamites, how they used to live, you know, in the wasteland. Uh, and she says, "Gosh, if they survived, I wonder what else did." Dun dun bah, dun! Bah! <laughs> Back with Din, uh, the alien stabs Din with something. I initially thought it was like a meat thermometer, but then it—I it, <laughs> really did. I was like, "Oh my god, he really is going to get He's barbecued, tenderizing him." Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: but then proceeds to drain his blood. So I would—I think that the alien was going to drink his blood. Maybe. Yeah.
0: Right. I was gonna. I was trying to watch this out. Obviously, drain the blood. You can, like, jerky him or something. But think about this. I think you're right. (laughs) Jerky Mandalorian, a delicacy on Mandalore. But um, I think you're right. I think when you see the way his body works, it looks like he has liquid pumping through these pipes. And I wonder if he needs needs juice. juice. I wonder if the blood is kind of his oil, which is this really creepy, good horror trick. I I think you're onto something there. And Mandalorian, he's not looking well. The, I mean, he's, been he, sta- he's, like, be, he's being his drained. His blood is being drained, and he has had enough. He's not fighting through it. This is not... If it was Joel, Pedro Pascal's other fatherly <laughs> character that we've been talking about recently, if somebody tried to drain Joel's blood, that would power Joel up. He'd be like, yeah, don't take my like, blood. Rah! i got to get to my baby girl. <laughs> yeah. The Mandalorian's like any of us who are having our blood drained. He's just like, uh, just
1: has a little nap. So luckily, Bo arrives right then and shoots out Ooh. the blood pump. But I have to say, even having shot the blood pump out after, like, maybe five seconds, maybe three seconds,
0: a lot of blood came out. A lot of blood came out. At least a pint. At least, like, a seventh of his all of the blood (laughs) in his body. He literally, like, (laughs) I know it was a lot because, like, he sold it. Whoever was in that helmet, in that moment, in that bodysuit, if it was Pedro, good for you, if it was his standing, good for you. But, like, in that moment when the blood starts pumping, a lot of it's gone. He's struggling. It's immediately gone. He I mean, needs it's like to a go, thick, go. It's a, a thick sick tube. tube. And it's well, multiple tubes. Yeah,
1: multiple. And it's like, a, as soon as it comes out, like a, a lot, a lot, a
0: lot. Yeah. Half a gallon? I don't know. It looked and like the, a lot. It was a lot. And the truth is that he really needs to go in those mines now. He needs the revitalizing I, has, bath. Because the baby cannot force add blood to your system as much as I'm sure he would love to. So Bo arrives,
1: uh, gets in a fight with this alien. The alien has like a shock staff. Uh Bo zip cables the uh darksaber, oh. which she sees there on the ground, into her hands, stabs the alien and we see immediately, wow, Bo is good with this thing. Like, this she thing is like is not balanced like yeah. a samurai sword.
0: There's no issue. This is like Luke at his best, or Anakin with his lightsaber. This is like Light real on her sheet. She she, it she, it looks it. like, like it weighs it nothing.
1: Yeah. She yeah. is good with it. She stabs the alien through the chest, which, if this was Grievous, immediately dead because that's yeah. where the heart is. Uh, but uh, that is just some sort of suit, and the creature itself is he just living in the helmet. Off. It's just in the helmet, and very reminiscent of uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. the uh, The alien then detaches its head, which is like this tick like vehicle mm-hmm. and then crawls over to a larger crab like battle suit. Uh Bo is then, you know, has her back turned. She's trying to get Mando out of the cage and Mando's like, look behind you. And she turns and has to fight now this crab suit. It's a wonderful fight. Wonderful. Again, super fun vehicle design. I really enjoyed this. Bo wins mm-hmm. and the alien who like just wanted to drink some blood.
0: He was just trying to live his life in the minds of Mandalore. Also, as well, I will say, like this is one of those fights where you're just like, "Bo, it's so lucky you had the dark saber because yeah. nothing else would have done it." Like you're just chopping limbs off this huge mechanical monster right and left. Maybe a lightsaber depends which one, but like the dark saber was the correct weapon for this fight, and you smashed it. He, she just ends that guy, no question. Sorry R. to R. that R. bug.
1: R.I.P. to that alien who honestly. That was a bad career move to decide to press the fight there. Just leave.
0: Just like <laughs> get just, it. yeah, just gone crawl off.
1: away. Wait. for Did them you really to need leave. the Mandalorian
0: blood so much? Yeah, no. Get
1: one of the Alamites. You know. I, what mean, I mean, can you
0: think truly? Can you imagine that
1: man? Oh, well, that bug. We don't I know love his how gender, we're like, actually. I love how we're like. This is the Alamite's planet. Let them. And then we're like, just fucking go kill one of the Alamites. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, that's their own ecosystem, all right. Yeah, but, yeah. but the truth is, yeah, this this bug. The amount of unbelievable technological knowledge and invention we that this talk bug had, about that. we we did just kill, like, somebody who is clearly... A, a space genius. Like, a space what is genius. Going on? Like- now, he was a space maniac, clearly. <laughs> but also, I feel like Bowen did... They, they're very quick to murder someone. They don't really think about the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the kill situation. It. But you know what? He was drinking her friend's blood. I'll allow it. <laughs> it was some
1: kind of tick alien. It had to go.
0: Yeah, it had to go.
1: X-ray vision will be back. Ding, dare we say, merch has entered the chat. And for their first merch drop, they wanted to do something that literally everyone needs a hat that says tough titties. As the old saying goes, tough titties, said the kitty when the milk went dry. You know it, right? It's a vibe. It's a motto. And now it is a hat. They made them just for you and think you will love them, the hats, and also them, the people. Check them out now at crooked.com store. And we're back. So, uh, you know, Din has just had like one 20th of his blood drink. <laughs> so he's got to eat. So they're sitting around a fire now. And uh, and Bo is cooking up a nice uh, big cup uh, of pog soup. And Din is like, I've never heard of this. What the hell? He's like, like, what are is that what you talking like, about? Yeah, Bo is like, are you kidding me? Every kid on Mandalore drank pog soup. It's like, Bo, you were
0: basically a princess you lived yeah you're know, you a rich kid like, i know she drops that <laughs> she, she drops the raw. she's like oh isn't that ironic yeah. the mandalorian and he's never drunk pog soup and i'm like Babe, oh, he sorry. was kidnapped and raised by the death watch yeah, like, sorry, i wasn't in
1: the palace with the rest of the uh creases drinking <laughs> uh, pog soup out of silver goblets sorry i was from the dusty streets of concordia uh, anyway, Bo is shocked by this. Uh, Din slurps it down with keeps the helmet on, and we get to mm-hmm. see the it technique. It was very funny. The technique is very funny. There, <laughs> I thought there would be
0: a hat, like a tube know? that comes down mm. or something. You know. You know who probably would have invented that? That bug guy they just killed. The he bug, probably would have had a great
1: idea. <laughs> bug would have immediately <laughs> had that technology. <laughs> Although we have to say, this is a conversation we've been having. Many people have been having, but like it's been in our Discord. Oh my gosh. How does Din keep his hair nice and neat and tidy? How do you brush your teeth? This a is the things.
0: specific thing, right? Yeah. Is the Mandalorian rule, is it you will never remove your helmet? asterisk in front of other people or is it you will never remove your helmet in case in which case how is their hair all not like super Like, you, can up? i go into the bathroom and take my helmet Yes. Yeah. also what is the technology within the helmet i feel like this is a, an episode that really begs that question because like you said no little straw to come out to eat anything <laughs> yeah. but the helmet can just automatically seal itself around your face and make it so you don't die of a poisoned air so, this I want to why... know, like, what it's not just clearly just a cool metal helmet. Also, another question what is the power source of the light that is attached to the helmets and yeah. the armor? That's the other thing I've been thinking a lot about. Lots of armor questions. I wonder if, if you
1: are never, ever, ever, like, hard never supposed to take it off, I wonder if there's some sort of, like, I guess, some kind of like low frequency laser or something can like mm. trim the hair and, oh, then that's pretty clever. and then I don't know like how also, would you do just the teeth you just how like would you wash do your, your teeth.
0: You just brush your teeth and wash your face. Like you know when you have like a cast on you just put like a ruler with like a <laughs> yes, little sponge. You like <laughs> Yeah like kind Dude, of the yeah, way no, so... he, like kind of like how we drank the soup where yeah to, exactly like, tip his somebody head. made like, such a good point in the Discord. Sorry I cannot remember off the top of my head who it was but like they were like if that kid is never gonna get to take his helmet off again. Why I wouldn't know. they shave his head? Yeah, like, know, surely you'd shaved the head before. But you'd every think. Mandalorian has also, obviously, this is different with Bo, yeah, because Bo takes off the helmet all the time. Bo's hair always looks immaculate. Every time Wonderful. she pulls off that helmet, so I take off know, my hair.
1: I it... take off my helmet all the time too. L- my hair me too. Out. Like
0: every time, it's like boom, like because I'm worth it. You know, like, <laughs> but like the funniest shit to me is like maybe there's like some cool hair technology in there. That's I don't know. I, maybe they've got some like be. some cool like laser designed tiny droids in there, cutting the hair, washing <laughs> the face.
1: So uh, uh, Din slurps down his cup of pog, and uh, it, and then is immediately <laughs> like, "Okay, see you guys. I gotta go. I'm going to the like, Living bye. Waters." Didn't I? I mention I'm going to the Living Waters? And Bo is like, "Dude." You're fucking nuts. First of She's all, like, you, why? You almost got a like blood drain. Second of all, this is like ch- uh, some kind of childish fantasy. Like there's nothing special about him. Uh you know, I basically she is suggesting my my solution to the redemptive waters thing, which is just say you went. Yeah, no one cares. You also,
0: and to be honest, in this case, you found out that Mandalore is not cursed. Yeah, so you can go back with some real information. They're probably going to be so distracted by that that they're not going to care. And I also like the way that Bo's kind of pissed because she's like, I'll just take you back in my ship. You can come back with me to my palace, which is what Din originally wanted. But now Din's like, nah, I'm going to the mines. (laughs) <laughs> so she's like, like, OK, oh, she's like, well,
1: all right. Well, well I'm going to go since you have no idea where the fuck you're going. And your big mm-hmm. idea was like follow water dripping down. OK, so uh, uh Din is amazed at the sights as they walk the kind of ruined streets of Mandalore. Uh He, he can't believe that, you know, the city is vast and millions mm-hmm. of people must have lived here. And he says, it must make you really sad to see this, boat. And She says. What pains me is seeing our own kind fight one another time and time again. And she says it was this squabbling, this these this long series of clan wars that made them too weak to resist the Empire when the Empire eventually did come to wipe them out. And she's 100% right about that. That is a fact. Uh, they then arrive at the mines. The mines are thousands of years old. They are a place of legend. They are kind of – truly the birthplace of Mandalorian mm-hmm. culture – uh, this is where Bo as a child took the creed and bathed in the waters amongst all her family. Uh, but now her faith is shattered and she's it, it is essentially – you know poking holes in in uh this kind of like cultural memory and saying like this is all just pomp this is all it was all bullshit like it was all just so we could maintain control of the planet mm-hmm. like it's just uh, you know it's this heartwarming spectacle it was nothing and yeah. she then talks about her father Adnai who died during the civil wars defending Mandalore and din when she when when din hears Oh, he died defending Mandalore. Din is like, wow, this is the way. That this is, is the way. The like, shit. that's what I
0: gotta do. I I love this moment too because I think it has really unexpected kind of like. Princess Leia echoes this kind of Mm. idea of the way that when you're like a woman in a royal family in Star Wars they sort of just use you as a symbol and obviously Princess Leia had brilliant supportive parents but if you've read the books and if you've seen the kind of way that people underestimate her it's because of this idea of like well you're the peacekeeper you're the young princess we also see the way even in Andor we saw that you know with Mon Mothma's uh, daughter, there's yeah. kind of echoes there. And even Mon Mothma's constantly underestimated because she's just this figure of kind of pomp and circumstance who plays this political game. And I thought it was really interesting to hear Bo talk about how she feels when also being Mandalorian is like so ingrained in who she is. Yeah. Yet she's so tired of the system.
1: Yeah, she thinks she... I think she notes quite accurately This is kind of a conversation, another conversation we had in the Discord that, you know, for a long time, Mandalore caused its own problems, you know, like just really caused its own problems. And any politicians that tried to forge a more peaceful path for the people were, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, effectively – I mean – it just caused such schisms in the society between those who wanted to maintain a more warlike path yeah. and those who wanted to live peacefully in a more politically based system that it just tore the people apart, weakened the, weakened the the planetary system. And clearly, Bo is like, there must be something about how we decide to govern ourselves that is essentially unstable is basically mm-hmm. what she's saying. Um, and they arrive at the mines. Uh, there's an ins- inscription there, and Bo reads it. In part, it says, according to ancient folklore, the mines were once a mythosaur lair. Mandalore the Great is said to have tamed the mythical beast and it is from these legends that the skull signet was adopted and became the symbol of our planet. Din, again, shouts to whoever this the actor in the suit is, whether it's Pedro himself or whether it's the double, because you can feel the weight of the moment mm-hmm. on Din it, 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 he's clearly very, very emotional. Uh, this is it. This is what he has been waiting for. This is the moment of his redemption, of his cleansing. He takes off his cape. He takes off his weapons belt. He wades into the waters. Grogues, doesn't take off his armor. Feel like he could have a bath. But Just I guess, that's like, to say, I guess he knows what it's he's doing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like sure. Gro- yeah, Grogu is cooing. It's this huge, huge weighty moment. Oh, this is awesome. We've done it. We're going to bathe in the water. And then all of a sudden, boom, Din is seemingly, it doesn't look like he fell. It definitely looks like he looks was like he's pulled. pulled underneath the waters. Din uh, is reciting the creed. I swear in my name and my names of my ancestors that I shall walk the way of the Mandalore. It's this soaring
0: moment. Yeah, you think it's, it's going to happen. This is the it. The
1: creed shall be, and then all of a sudden he's seemingly drugged down under the water, Bo immediately without thinking and shouts to Bo. just dives in right after him. She yeah, really dead. cool
0: moment where she's swimming through. They light it really well so you can really see this kind of huge action moment of her suit and, and the armor going deep, underneath. Folks. It's she, deep. Goes, she goes down,
1: down, 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 and she finds him all the way at the floor of the, the, the Living Waters cauldron or whatever it is, uh, and she picks him up. And swims up, and uh, all you can see really in these dark waters is what's illuminated by her headlamp. And just as she is kind of going up, uh, the headlamp illuminates a massive eye, <gasps> and it is can only be the eye of the mythosaur. The mythosaur is real, folks. And then they uh, they break the surface a little water boom, boom. and are just like, "Holy shit! Did we really see that? This is that. This I mean, this is a huge." Canon-altering reveal that the mithosaur it's Mm -hmm. something that they have been teasing for quite a while. We've seen Din in season one ride large beasts, right? And
0: they always talk about how he's going to be able to, to ride the largest of beasts, you know? And obviously a lot of that is leaning back to that really fun Star Wars Holiday special animated thing, but it hinted at something bigger. And the idea was that the Mythosaur was either very extinct or very mythological, and the Mandalorians took it on as this symbol that we see. That's the symbol of the Mandalorians. But nobody thought they were alive.
1: Pretty amazing. Now, I believe this. Now, we've gotten a lot of—Bo talks about it, a lot about the how divided the Mandalorian people not just are now, where they're basically— on the brink of extinction at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how divided they were for, you know, many of the last years of of their society. There are a lot of legends tied up in the appearance of this mythosaur and who rides the mythosaur. Exactly. Uh, Din, we've seen him ride beasts. He also has the darksaber.
0: He's definitely riding that mythosaur, like absolutely no question, whether it's that one it's or a different one. I think it... Oh, maybe it was the baby. Imagine if it was the baby. I'd I'd love to see it. This is what I'm asking.
1: It's because we've got, I think we've got three, you know, main suspects of who's going to ride the Mizzasaur. It's one, Din. Two, Bo, who Mm -hmm. is real good with the dark saber, has wielded it for a period of time. And, you know, it comes from the ruling, a natural, like, ruling family of this place. Mm. And then you have the rookie Mandalorian, our beautiful Grogu, who has yet to wield a lightsaber or, or the darksaber or any kind of, uh, you know, light-based weapon, but would be really fantastic atop that mythosaur. I, so I ask
0: you, who who do you think is going to ride that mythosaur? Okay. I think
1: Din is clearly the, the leader in the I think Din clubhouse. is
0: the leading. I also think something I love about this is the mythosaurs was like a Star Wars comic invention in like the 70s. And I'd love to see that kind of, how these little seeds can become these huge parts of stories. Part of the myth of the mythosaur, and we've seen it talked about in the show and in canon now, is this idea that there was a time when like many Mandalorians rode them. So I wonder if we see all three or if we see Din and the baby and then... You know, bow on her own mythosaur. This kind of idea of I love that that reconnection. You the know, what I, mean? I, I love a team of up. You know,
1: from yeah. the from the ground up, not just not just the rebirth of its people, not an ideology, but an, ideology, but an yeah. actual
0: i like a real rebirth of it. I I would love to see it. I think it could be very cool. I definitely. The question is now. I think there's been interviews recently where Jon Favreau is like, I don't know when it's going to end. It's not like they don't have a... It's not like Andor where they know where it's going to end. So this show is going to go on. It's incredibly successful. I would love to see them ride a mythosaur by the end of this season, but that's probably not going to happen. But maybe, maybe we will see Din have a moment of connection with a mythosaur or Grogu or someone. Maybe we'll start to see that connection being built as the season goes on. But this is, I mean, this and the R5-D4 moments are like really big canon retcons, even though they seem really small. And that's what this show is so good at. But yeah, the mythosaur, I couldn't believe it. I love a giant beast. And I feel like they've been seeding it.
1: I have a prediction. That's a mythosaur baby. (gasps) I think that the mythosaurs were extinct, but their eggs were Somewhere mm, down there, down, 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 Godzilla down. style. And, and in the years after the purge, one or more is hatched, and that is actually the that is a, a little one. That's a small one. That's I a love baby that one. Now.
0: That's a cool idea. Who doesn't love to see that? It's like everyone loves that in a kaiju movie in Pacific yeah. Rim. You know, you get that thing of, oh, it's, it's or even in the Meg, that really fun yeah. like, Megalosaurus <laughs> movie. Oh, oh no, the Meg's coming. And then you're like, oh no, that's just the baby. The mom is coming, you know, the big monster. That would be really cool to see. Also, who wouldn't want to see Grogu riding a baby Mythosaur? If there is a smaller Mythosaur for him to ride, <laughs> I would love to see him ride it while Din rides a big one. But yeah, this is huge. I'm very interested. I love this episode. I definitely feel like... There's been a lot of conversation. I think for a lot of people, this leans into a bit more of that Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett yeah, style. Creature like- work, uh, weird adventures, kind of like strange myths and look, I love all that stuff. I love the pulpiness. So I really enjoyed it. I'm interested to see where the show goes next because this still feels very much in that vein of adventure and fun from the first episode. And I think people will probably be looking for a bit more meat on the Mandalorian bones going forward. So it'll be interesting to see how... This redemption of Din. What happens now he's done it? That could have been a whole season journey, but now he is redeemed by the Creed. Yeah.
1: I it feels like we are going to get some sort of crossover with the Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. either characters or storyline, more than just what we've seen with these kind of like intersecting characters. But it does feel like, and it'd be I'd be surprised if we didn't see Boba Fett in this yeah. season like in the season. Yeah, it'll be, I, I would imagine Din's very next move is to return to the armor and announce to the coven there, to the to the uh, gathered Mandalorians that, hey, our planet is livable. Let's move mm-hmm. back.
0: What do you think they say? I'm really interested to think, like, we know that they say, oh, this is the way. The armor is sent in then. This is the way. But are they really going to want to let him back in, like, does this idea of redemption fit with this more militant, small community of Mandalore? That's what I'm most interested in. Maybe they'll say no, and then when he reveals the truth about the Mythosaur, they'll want to go or something. But I, I wonder if they're going to just welcome him back. I don't think so.
1: I think it's going to be controversial, and I think it. I think we're going to see in miniature the kind of acrimonious... Mm-hmm. Fractures yeah. that tore apart the, the, the Mandalorian society. Before that, I think it's going to be maybe you might have some people that are like, "Yeah, didn't that sounds good?" He's got the dark saber, also. Let's move back. And I think you're going to have other people say no for X, Y, Z reason. But mm-hmm. I think it's I don't think it's going to be a hard yes or a hard no. I think there's going to be people on both sides of it, and I think it's going to take some outside thing that unites the Mandalorians that they have to yeah. fight against. I don't know what that okay. is yet, but
0: also Saul just asked a question which links to one thing I almost forgot to ask you. So Saul said, do you think Bo is gonna go back to Din with the Armorer? Right. Because Bo jumped into the waters of the mines of Mandalore, is she now redeemed? That's the thing. Because she to save the life of a fellow Mandalorian? Absolutely. I think right. So. you have to be. So so I, I think that's a really big key question going into the next episode is does she choose to do that? Does she want to stay there but let Din spread the word? Does she embrace this as a new part of her life of being redeemed? I'm very interested in that. Also, I feel like the biggest thing here, and we know that she's going to show up in Ahsoka, right? But the biggest thing that does still feel odd here is to have no hint of Sabine, yeah. Ren. Not even... Like, how, how they, to, that's
1: That does bump me a little bit too. Right? Like what? Yeah, like how do you h- i i would a lot be, of, i'd be i guess i'd be surprised if Sabine showed up in this i don't think she's going to show up but, casting, I've had,
0: but i've had some good so a few different people have messaged and i think this has come up in discord as well is like why hasn't there been a hint of like Sabine's art yeah you know or something like some little visual nod and when will that happen cuz that really feels like the missing mandalor the missing part of the wider mandalorian world
1: uh well Listen, super fun episode. Love Baby Yoda. Love Love looking into Baby Baby Yoda's beautiful eyes. Up next, Nerd Out.
0: In today's Nerd Out, where you tell us what you love and why, or a theory that you're excited to share, Swati and Emily are doing the latter, sharing a Mandalorian theory that they thought of after watching the premiere.
1: In Book of Boba Fett, Paz Vizsla says there are three of us now because the covert got fucked somehow and the armor and Paz Vizsla are hiding out in that space station. So who are these Mandos in the opening scene of season three? My lady thinks they could be new recruits to the Children of the Watch, non-Mandalorian mm. recruited by the armor and Paz Vizsla, which would explain why they're so bad at fighting the croc Or <laughs> maybe they were using existing Mandalorians who are now choosing to be part of the Children of the Watch. Would be curious to hear your thoughts, as it does seem surprising there were so many thanks uh thank you swati and emily yeah i think it makes sense that these are new Mm -hmm. recruits the question is from where yeah and where's all the best car coming from i think some of them are survivors like a, Mm -hmm. a handful of them would have to be also because they'd have to teach the others like how to be mandalorians but i think like that child is, is, That's I think a Din you could,
0: style yeah, adoption I you say kind is of.
1: New. Um, there also might be much like, you know, I don't think that Bo lives alone on the entire mm-hmm. planet of Calavala. I think there are probably others and probably other survivors, maybe even on Concordia. And so I do think you're right, though, that these are probably new recruits but to what end and it would also it would also make sense of their so they were just terrible at fighting that thing they were Yeah yeah
0: at it. I like that's <laughs> the thing that really sells me about that is like they hadn't had enough training
1: Yeah, they, they just were just kind of like there. spazzing out
0: <laughs> yeah like I'm sure I am sure that the what, I feel like this has to connect to this kind of like almost a wider recognition of mandalorians because of boba yeah. Fett taking up his kind of residency and also having you know, surely the rumors have gotten around that there is a Mandalorian going around with a Force sensitive baby. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like maybe the reawakening of even just the recognition of Mandalore and the fact that there are still active Mandalorians might also draw people out of hiding that's if a, they were survivors or, that's a great you point. know, enable people who maybe had wanted to join Mandal- like the Mandalorian way before to kind of seek them out. Or
1: if you listen, if your family were refugees from Mandalore mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. Uh, managed to get out during the Purge and you hear that the Mandalorians, though still very, very small in numbers, are coming back. And in fact, as the, you know, the the great example of this is a Mandalorian warrior who is currently adventuring on the galaxy, as you noted, with a mm-hmm. force sensitive baby you might think it was t- it's time to reconnect with my identity and my culture, and yeah. I want to find where this covert is.
0: Yeah, especially actually, as we know, Bo mentioned as well that most of the Mandalorians who had followed, like most most of her crew, they'd become like mercs. Yeah. So again, that's people going around, not necessarily following the secrecy of the way, talking about the things they've seen. I think it would be easy for those stories and the kind of legend that Mandalore is rising again to kind of get out there, which is very exciting and good for it's, them.
1: It's very exciting. Uh, thank you, Swati and Emily. That was such a fun question.
0: If you have theories or passions that you want to share, hit us up at x-ray at crooked.com. Instructions are in the show notes, as always. That's it for us, Rosie. Any plugs? Yes, I will be on Dune Pod this weekend. Yeah! Sunday night, I'll be on Doom Pod. The crew is in the, the Discord. They do so much fun stuff. Uh, that's like an act. Ec- they are our friends of the pod. We we pop on there whenever we can. And I'll be talking about Aquaman. As you all know, a movie I love deeply. Yes. So I'm going to be really selling them on it. It was a total blast to record it. So that'll be really cool. Otherwise, I got stuff. IGM, Polygon, Nerdist, Denigeek, all those usual spots you can find me. And uh, Letterboxed and Instagram, Rosie Marks. And of course here... Twice a week.
1: Catch our next episode Wednesday, March 15th. We'll be covering the finale, <gasps> episode nine of The Last dun, dun, of a Season dun. One on HBO Max. And remember, we're bringing you two episodes a week: Twice the tinfoil hat theories, Twice the Pedro Pascal, Twice the deep dives, Twice the everything else, Twice the candle of burgers, all of it Wednesday <laughs> and Friday on your podcast
0: platform of choice. And if you want to see us talking about evil tick monsters in the minds of mandalore <laughs> on youtube you can do that you can subscribe to us we put full episodes up there now also follow us at xrv pod on twitter we're always sharing cool stuff Stall does great redesigns for every time we've got a little fandom we want to exploit like our lover pedro pascal and we mention it all the time here because we're in there a lot and it's a bunch of fun check out our discord amazing fans cool people all different kinds of conversations going on from sports to star wars to gaming to D &D and everything in between and me and jason show up there sometimes it's a fun place to be it's a joy five star ratings five star reviews five five five, five we
1: gotta have them you gotta give them to us here's one from wax underscore nostalgia this pod goes deep. Jason and Rosie are <laughs> super knowledgeable and hilarious. Excellent pod folks. Thank you, Wax. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. X-Ray Vision is a Crooked Media production. The show is produced by Chris Lord and Saul Rubin. The show is executive produced by myself and Sandy Gerard. Our editing and sound design is by Vasilis Fotopoulos. Dylan Villanueva and Matt DeGroote provide video production support. Alex Rellaford handles social media. Thank you, Brian Vasquez, for our theme music. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey Mike, this is Hisdoth from Marine. Yeah, I want to talk about the living waters and the minds of uh, of Mandalore today. Yeah, I just I wanted to make an announcement. Some of you may know this, uh, uh, that I had uh, broken my creed as a member of the Mandalorian uh, culture and I took off my helmet, uh, okay? I I took off my helmet. I was taking the uh, the Long Island Railroad back, and I uh, and I wanted to get uh, get a little drink. It was a long day at work. I was a little parched, and I couldn't get the tall boy under the helmet, so I had to take my helmet off to drink it. All right, that's what happened. But listen, I just want everybody to know, I I went on my own dime. Uh, flew over to Mandalore because I heard it's not cursed and poisoned anymore. That was some disinformation. We got some, uh, fake news out there that it was, uh, poisoned. It's actually fine. And I went over there and, uh, I went down to the mines, uh, and I, and I bathed in the waters, uh. It's, uh, what can I tell you? It's wet down there. It's really dark. It's under uh, some buildings. Uh, If you just follow, you'll see water dripping from the ceiling off the surface of the planet. You just follow that down. You keep going, it's it's under there. So I just want everybody to, I wanted to announce it here. I didn't take any pictures or anything like that or any water samples, because frankly, I forgot about it. But I just want everybody to know that I did go. I went. And I am redeemed now, so if anybody has any questions about that, uh, please uh, just know that I did it. Okay, I'll, I'll take my answer off the air. Thank you, Mike.